Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Today we are discussing the tenant. We greatly value the unique and contributing role of families. I am Margot Watson. I'm the Director of Outreach and Fundraising and Marketing for Big Ocean Women. And in my capacity, I get to speak with those outside our nonprofit to become involved, contribute, to join a chapter of our global waves, which are women achieving vast empowerment. In discussing this incredible impact of a family unit on a society, we have guests today with us who are Dr. Trace Tanner. He's been over the last 50 years involved in a career strengthening activities that deal with families. He has helped thousands of individuals and couples over and families over these years as a professional relationships life coach and as a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, counseling and coaching people in California, Utah, Puerto Rico, as well as clients remotely. He has also taught at uh, some universities and uh, training people. He is an editor and author of a parent-involved audio learning program called Helping Kids Succeed in School. And he has um, co-authored a book with his wonderful wife, Susan, called Enjoy, Enjoy the Journey Along Your Marriage Highway. And also his most recent focus, Thriving Marriage Systems. We also have with us amazing woman, Gloria Boberg, who works in human services as an advanced substance abuse counselor for the state of Utah, faculty member also for the Salt Lake Community College and uh, the Big Ocean Women Executive Director for WAVES. So she understands the perspective of Big Ocean Women, also how great it is to um, have women maximize their uh, potential and really change their their environment. So thank you for being with me today to discuss this important tenant that really does impact each of us individually, communities, and the world. So what does family mean? Let's just start with that type of brief overview of the term family. I know what it means to me. I'll give you my feedback in a moment. How about if we start with you, Trace? Well, I want to start with a, a, a conversation I had some 20 plus years ago with a person that had been the the uh, president of the National Association uh, of Family Relations. And he was expressing to me a lot of pain over the fact that even among professionals, these are university professors, therapists, and so forth, because they had so distorted their own concept of family from what it was originally and, and for traditionally for many, many decades been. And so even among professionals, there's a lot of professionals supposedly committed to strong families. There's a lot of, um, I'm going to call it disagreement and also false ideas. So in general, I think families are, is the unit in society, which is uh, especially uh, compromised of a, of a man and a woman who are husband and wife bonded so that they can meet each other's physical and emotional needs, as well as to, among other things, have the opportunity to procreate and bring children in the world so they can then care for those children. 
So that's essentially what uh, I believe a, um, a family is really all about. The family is the stability of, of life. When you count on one another and you form the foundation to build upon and to trust each other and learn from each other, and then someone tries to take that apart. To me, it's like they're trying to pull the power from the family unit. The family unit has become a threat. And if they can break that apart, then they can destroy that nucleus that's very powerful and very strong and very much a God-given right. And I think that when there is a family nucleus, there's always a strong foundation when we can support each other love each other unconditionally. We have not rules, but through communication, we learn how to make a healthy family. And if there are problems, that communication uh, is important. You work through those things. But it's not like I'm going to be in it and then I'm going to get out of it. It's not one of those things. Generally, when we become one, we want that to be an eternal thing and not an in and out thing. And right now, what I'm seeing in our government, in our society, it's also temporary. And I got to hurry up and do this and I got to do that. And it's everything has just made such a drain on society. And our families are getting hit very hard. Carolina, who's the president of Big Ocean Women, the executive director, has said that um, individuals working in families can accomplish more good in the world than individuals alone. As families learn, work, and serve harmoniously harmoniously within the home, family members each develop a positive, positive self-identity grounded in unconditional love. And from that, each person feels strong, cherished, irreplaceable. Relationships are strengthened, confidence builds. And from that, it ripples out into society. And um, with that strength, nothing can break the bond and, and a child, a parent, are irreplaceable. They can't, nothing can break them apart. And so they can withstand the, the, the difficult storms that come in life. Right, Trace? Absolutely. Because without question, and, and this goes back to the very beginning, which is different from the way certain governmental agencies define families. Because if you think about it, and this applies to most of our audience today, uh, one of the reasons uh, it's God ordained to be a, a relationship between a man and a woman is because when a woman goes through nine months of carrying that fetus in, in her uterus and then birthing that child, that involves a high level of sacrifice and pain and commitment, which leads to the kind of motivation that that some bureaucratic person or even a well-intentioned social worker or school teacher will never have the same level of commitment as has like a mother who carries that out. And then when you get into the expanded kind of things that both mothers and fathers do, hopefully, ideally, in a really good, strong family, because it takes more than one for it to work best, those are things that an, a governmental agency or a person that's like that can never really, will never have the same level of commitment to carry out all the things necessary, not only to meet the basic needs of children, which everyone's familiar with from diapering and feeding and clothing, to then the, the more significant kind of things that, that call for a higher level of commitment, teaching them the values they need to develop character and to become uh, independent, uh, strong adults. 
themselves. That can never take place within an institution or someone that doesn't have that foundation of having cared for and continuing to meet the needs of those children. And I think somebody said, I think it was you, Gloria, that mentioned that one of the cool things about families is we learn from one another. Parents learn from children as well as children from parents. And so it's a really cool unit of society where you where you live together and you learn together and you and you reinforce each other with that unconditional love, which just cannot be substituted effectively by anyone else. You can approximate it, but you'll never get the same level. Yeah, 1950s, I was looking at some government agents, I mean, a government um, view of families and laws are passed to protect children. Laws are pa passed to protect the family unit, to protect um, the uh, in investment financially, to make sure that the unit of a family was strong. And since the 1950s, it has been decimated by different organizations like the UN, who no longer even considers the, uh, the, the term family, mother, child, father, as a unit in their documents that supposedly are the standard for society worldwide. It's really a travesty that we're trying to decimate this, this name, this family unit, and, and think that it's insignificant and it's not important. One thing that comes to my, my mind is that I generationally, the family unit is so critical because I know that I am uh, biologically an extension of my great-great-grandfather. When I look back, to uh, my ancestry, and I know from his the readings of his journal that he believed in hard work, in the family, in God, in music, in um, uh, education. Well, those things have been taught to me for generationally down from him, and I am an extension of him, and that gives me strength to overcome some really hard things that I've had to face in my life. And um, and what my parents have given me and what their parents, you know, and to suddenly just say that that's not important, that is just, number one, erroneous and also so detrimental, not only in terms of understanding where I'm coming from, but also for my future posterity. I need to make sure that they know what I know, that they can overcome hard things. And that is that something that um, is not replaceable it's just not replaceable they need that information to support them through life's hard challenges as you're talking about that i'm thinking about genealogy and our ancestry and all the things they went through uh and they didn't do it because it happened to be that particular day they did it because of the future and for future generations and we do the same as a family unit we want every generation wants it to be a little bit better for them than what we had. And I think the family unit has to remain intact. It is going to be the one saving grace in our world because when bad things happen, and let's face it, like bad things do happen, we count on each other. We talk to each other. We try to work things out. What role do I play? How can I help here? And I think regardless of what the world does around us, I think it's important that we take stock uh, and keep our family unit healthy and strong because that's really our, our biggest weapon against destruction of the family. One thing we need to do, um, some families do have challenges that they face. 
How has the uh, denigration of the family affected some of your clients? And what do you do to to help them heal? We had family programs. I wouldn't even think of ever doing treatment for an individual without including the family, especially in addiction, because it's a disease of the brain and it's terribly misunderstood and labeled. There's all kinds of research and studies that's been done up at the university and all kinds of medications that we have now that we didn't have before when everybody just thought they were you know, drunken sots and that was it. And so we have to include the family so the families understand this disease. They have to learn how to have hope. They have to educate themselves. They have to understand that the human being is not disposable. You don't throw someone away. And so we always did uh, family groups, family therapy, and educated them. I think especially uh, when I was going to community college, the opportunity that was given to me uh, was amazing because I got to transfer to classes and, and attend conferences all over the United States on addiction. And the family was always included in treatment. I, I never never saw success come out unless the family understood what was going on. And by healing together, it gives the family unit strength. But that person that's going to continue to suffer, even in recovery, there's still things that have to be mended and, you know, therapy. But it gives that person a sense of strength and that I can and I have this backup and I have this support. And so I think families are really, really important. And it doesn't have to be the disease of addiction. It could be any health issue. If you've got family behind you, uh, you know, I'm just going through a couple of things with my family where there's been severe brain damage. And uh, we were told that they may not even make it. And we pray and we love and we say, you know, we believe in you and you're a warrior and give the encouragement. And both of these young men are surviving far more than the doctor ever thought. They could. And I honestly think that kind of love and support and encouragement is as important as any medication you can get. Grace, what is your professional insight with working with individuals that are suffering and having to deal with challenges, but the family is there or not there? What's How do you see the family being critical in their, their ability to heal or change? Number one, I believe that one of the central reasons why there are so many problems is because of selfishness and or related to that is we live in a very much of an individually focused society. And so it's not natural for even the society we live in today for people to think in larger terms and we need to do that, okay? So that's one thing. Number two is a primary reason my experience has been is that people have challenges is because the significant majority of people never have had a good exposure to positive role models. They don't know what it takes to be an effective parent, much less uh, a healthy couple. They've never learned. So one of the tasks I take on as a therapist and or in training people in other educational settings is to make sure they understand the correct principles involved. And those principles are different for parenting. They're parallel and some similar, but it's one thing to be an effective parent and it's another thing to be an effective couple. And one of the reasons also that families can fall apart is if the the core relationship in life, which is that between a man and a woman in their their primary bonded relationship as a husband and wife, 
If that isn't going well, it's very hard for them to put in the energy or time or effectively be really as better, best of parents as they can be. So I like to make sure they have it. They learn the principles that they need to to overcome, whether it's you're talking about addiction. There's a whole myriad of different kind of challenges that people are faced with, but it all sometimes boils down to the core things that they've never learned how to be a strong, effective person, either as a marriage partner or as a parent. The focus of what I do is just teach people. Some people are very blessed. They have had great families that they had exposure to, but a lot of people are not. Nevertheless, it doesn't matter. People can learn, even if they grew up in a, a family of, you know, that had a lot of chemical, you know, drug addiction or whatever, people can and do change, are capable of turning things around. So, so to my way of thinking, you need to make sure you always stay focused on the hope that people are capable of learning how to be really strong, effective uh, people. Because what happens is once they start to do that, it becomes self-reinforcing and they love it. And they want to learn more and more and do more and more things to stay that way. Excellent. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, in our treatment facilities, I think we call that uh, covering, uh, recovering by self, where you find out that you actually have the capacity and that you are capable. And, uh, you know, when someone hasn't been meeting their full potential, it's always remarkable to see them come alive. And uh, I like to look at it like they have found their soul. And so they can... Um, really heal that and, and build on that and learn. And um, the potential is always amazing for any human being. And, and you're right, if they haven't been taught, if they don't know, and I would probably say 90% of the people that I've treated did not know they had that capacity. And I agree with you, they didn't have the exposure. Uh, and so when the candle is lit and the light goes on, there's a lot of magic that can happen. I, I like to look at it like life is is found again. It's never been gone. It's been lost. And so to find the soul and know that you can build on your future and that you can be part of a, a healthy family. And yeah, I don't think that can happen without counseling or therapy. I don't think it's one of those heal thyself things. And I like the fact that you mentioned that you can't just do it as an individual. You need to do it as a family because uh, yes. I have seen uh, friends of mine and also my own personal experience that uh, I need to reinforce the good things that my daughter or my friend's children um, that they're choosing to do, which perhaps they I didn't teach them or they learned at a different place from some from school that has interrupted their growth. But I need to be here as a, back, a supporter to and, and, and empower so that they continue in those good paths. And if they don't have that support system, it takes them so much longer to overcome those, those uh, bad habits, those uh, different perceptions about themselves. Can I say yeah. something about support system just for one second? Because you talked sure. in your case, Margo, about being able to draw upon the values and teachings that from, from generations past, from your forebears. In addition to that, another thing that people have is they have access to one another. I continue to learn from my siblings. 
we weekly have uh, Zoom conversations and we get to learn and share uh, from people that I greatly admire. We have uncles and aunts and cousins that I learned from. The point is that's one of the cool things about families. Beyond the nuclear family, potentially there's a tremendous uh, array of, uh, of a very broad uh, support base that we can get in addition to that that occurs just in the nuclear family. I just wanted to make that point. Go ahead. Yeah, and, you know, there's all kinds of families. You know, I have a bow family that I, I love and I get a lot of support and I'm able to to take advantage of the opportunities presented. And I'm growing and learning from that. And and for people that have no family or they have dysfunctional families, that does not mean that you can't uh, be healthy and and build your own family. And that's really important to remember because a lot of people get well and then they go back into the same place where they were growing and saying, well, I'm never going to be able to change. Yeah, you can. And building your own support system, believing yourself, finding your strength and having your recovering family and having um, other maybe members of family that are like you say, aunts and uncles and cousins that are more extended for support. But I, I think it's really important that you have that nucleus of people that you can turn to because everybody has those days. And, uh, you know, I have a family of friends and it's important that I have somebody that I can hang with, that I can talk to that shared those experiences. And it's just an important part of who I am. I can't even imagine going through this world, number one, without my family. It's my family is, is the greatest uh, gift God has given me. And that includes all of them. And I think it's important to have families, friends, families of your community, families, your work relationships, those kind of things, because part of building yourself up is to help other people and they learn. And so we share these experiences and we learn what we know. And um, and that family is important, too. Couldn't agree more. Uh, one mentioned that that. Carolina again said, as she talked about family capital, how that the efforts of individuals is greater than it adds to the, the whole, that um, if you have a family that is strong and healthy, that all their activities, when meshed together, can make the, the parents, the, the beginning couple, even stronger because you bring all this synergy and energy and great ideas and compassion and kindness. There's uh, families that I am familiar with that have 10 children. Um, my Like my mother came from a family of 13 because generationally they needed to have everybody on board to help make sure the farm, the farm worked or the family worked or the family business. And in so doing, there was a lot of mutual respect. Everybody had a position. Everybody was contributing. Everybody felt needed. And, and their input, their support, their talents were invaluable. And it didn't matter if it was just like you said, just the family unit, but also the aunt and uncle, but they were all there. They were patient with each other, forgiving, supportive. And it, it just seemed to make that family stronger. And because they were strong, they could then out, go out into the community and help others that were maybe didn't have a strong family or didn't have the resources that they needed to be healthy and, and successful. So going back again to the family unit, it is so critical in, in the development of individuals but also the um, development of the community around us. 
Exactly. So what, speaking on what both of you shared, uh, I want to just segue to this point. I and many people that I know have been blessed to have had exposure to wonderful, tremendous families that we can draw upon and so forth. But not everyone does. There are lots of people in this world that are quite alone and they don't have these family networks that they can depend upon. Nevertheless, even a person or let's say a single parent trying to do their very best to work with a child without any other family support can learn to become a very effective family unit, just those two of them. And then what happens is when they develop that and the great feeling of relief and satisfaction that comes because they're applying correct principles with one another and they're getting tremendous satisfaction from that. So all kinds of individuals and units can enjoy the benefits of a great family life. And there are many people who are probably listening to this maybe in the category. Maybe they've been divorced or never married or you know what I'm saying? But they can still find ways, but once they learn correct principles, to really feel just great and and life is good. And that becomes very reinforcing for them, especially when they can draw upon, as both of you mentioned, other support groups, friends, neighbors, co-workers, others with whom they can share and learn from. And so it all can still work. So the point is for any anyone out there, who can realize that there's wonderful things that they can do to make their lives better and really find great satisfaction, even if they haven't had the advantage of having had an initial exposure to that. What are some of those principles that you talked about? Can you outline a few of them uh, so people can take notes if they are either by themselves or they're in a smaller family group or a smaller unit, as you called it, and want to expand it. What what are some principles and basic things that can help strengthen the family? I believe, I've come to believe, I didn't necessarily understand this growing up, but that the husband-wife relationship is really the core relationship in life. Because if that's going well, they're in a much better position, that couple, to do a much better and more effective job of parenting. So, for example, when you talk about what are some of those things, I made it very simplistically when we wrote the marriage book that we did, because they're essentially what I called the six basic practices for a thriving relationship. Share, care, connect, confront, resolve, and grow. Sharing is sharing new and renewed experiences with one another. Caring is is learning how to develop a best friends relationship. And there are several principles associated with that, that those are all entailed in that in terms of of, of uh, responsibility and respect and so forth, cultivating those characteristics in your relationship. Uh, connecting is both, both physically and emotionally having intimacy with one another. And some people... In our society, there's a huge emphasis on emotional, um, excuse me, physical intimacy in terms of the sexual function, which is important. But unless a couple has developed emotional intimacy, they will never be able to have their full potential. So that's also important. Okay, confronting just means that you're able to 
bring up issues that are problematic in ways that are likely to lead to some outgrowth of good outcome, not making the other person defensive. There's some skills involved in being able to bring up issues. Resolving is then actually what it entails in learning how to deal with differences between you, which some people never learn to do. And the first premise in life is that you gotta you gotta recognize, of course, there are gonna be differences and not be so ticked off because your mate is not <laughs> like you, but accept that and learn to work with that and integrate that so that you can draw upon what I call a pool of positives. You don't have to be like your mate, but you can draw upon each other's strengths in positive ways. And then growing is just making sure that both as individuals and as a couple, you learn how to become all that you can be. And so that that synergistic idea of your life being far better than it ever would be because you are associated with another person, in this case, your marriage partner, than you would be alone. And so that, essentially that's, those are those principles and concepts, you know, <laughs> 200 odd pages in the book that we talk about. What that means. All right. Yeah, Congratulations. Needs to do. But those are some of those, I call them the, the, the six basic practices that any couple needs to uh, implement on a sustained basis if they want to have a great marriage. And if they do that, they're in a much better position to do what we talked about in terms of the parenting things, which calls upon uh, an additional set of principles, but those are for beginners, if that makes sense. So, Gloria, since you deal with a lot of families that had um, substance abuse in their family or themselves have uh, have been isolated from their family because of that, and so you've seen families broken apart a lot, what are some of the critical things that you see are in- important to bring that family back into a unit um, to heal? What are some of the advice, some of the things that you advise or uh, that you've studied that have been helpful? Well, I think I had an advantage of being in a family session with different social workers. Um, But I think the, the main thing is to learn how to talk and have respect for each other. I think you can attend everything and go to every doctor, but if you're not listening, if you're not respecting, you know, people, like you say, no two people are like, there's, I'm Republican, my husband's Democrat, I'm Mormon, he's not. (laughs) We have a, a good marriage because we love and respect each other. Would I like it a little different? Yeah, I would. But you know what? I respect him and his opinions. And I think part of a healing and keeping, I wouldn't want to force that on him. That's his choice, his decision. And then I get to make the decision as to whether I live with that. And so I think families have to understand there's give and take. And you have to learn and you have to learn ways to communicate. I think having your own set of boundaries is important. And uh, I think you've also, you've also got to understand the perspective of where other people are coming from. So in other words, I have to understand uh, why Joe has made the choices he's made and where he's coming from. And I, I have to respect that that's part of who he is. And we've both grown an awful lot. We're going on 40 years of marriage and, We've grown an awful lot, and uh, it's it's been one of those things where it didn't start out, well, this is plan A, plan B, plan C. It was, as things happen, you have to have that respect for each other. You have to be able to talk. You have to be able to listen. It doesn't mean you have to agree. Just listen and uh, be able to 
to see someone else's viewpoint, not just your own. And I think selfish was a good word. I like that. I think that does describe the illness that's in relationships sometimes when they it becomes about me, 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 and I don't see it from anybody else's and I'm not willing to give. And so I think it, it, to be in a relationship, no matter who you are, how long or how soon, you have to be open to discussion. You have to have a foundation and, and a lot of respect. And families that are healing have to understand they're never, ever going to get it the way they think it should be. It's going to be whatever is healthiest, the best for the family that's going to survive. And it may not look a thing like what they thought they needed to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to be open-minded. That's right. That. Exactly. exactly. And I'm glad you brought up the idea of compromise because we talk about four different kinds of compromise that couples need to learn to implement depending on what's going on. The point is, uh, I'm so glad you shared that in your own marriage relationship of 40 years-ish, that one of the reasons it's strong and healthy is because you've learned to understand one another, accept one another, and, and work together. And unless you have that as a, as a commitment, that's why we have such a plethora of people that just fall apart. They're committed to staying together. The, yeah. the first little thing that comes up and things will always come up, if they haven't learned how to deal with things or they don't have an, they just have a, okay, we live in a throwaway society. We'll just move on to the next one. Whereas obviously you and your husband have no, in spite of those differences, you're going to work together because it matters to you to stay yeah. together and to continue to build upon what you have, including things that you weren't aware of and you change yeah. your mind. I can't Every believe day. how many, I, I, I've, I've learned so many things from my wife that, that she's helped me to change my mind and see things differently in a better way. And if you're open-minded and honest about yourself, with yourself, then then hopefully that marriage relationship will help you to continue to 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 grow as long as you're open-minded about that. and you have a mutual respect and you really care for the well-being of the other person. Exactly. A lot of times that involves putting that person ahead of yourself, which is not reinforced in our society. It's more about me, me, me. And right. so we need to reinforce that. And however we can, as a therapist, as a friend, as a neighbor, as a family member, because we don't get a lot of it in society as a whole, mm. that, that level of commitment and the, and the idea of the we need to work together to learn how to do things together. A lot of those changes that you're talking about that take the focus away from just the individual to more of a we concept, whatever that family unit looks like or that relationship Oftentimes, because it is hard to uh, change that focus from selfishness to inclusiveness and um, our bonding, we have to go to a, a higher power. Don't you believe that any therapy needs to have that involved in a relationship? I know in Big Ocean Women, we emphasize the incredible need to have a higher being in my, my vernacular, a Heavenly Father, God, Jesus Christ, to help change habits, change the inner heart that maybe has been hardened by discouragement, cynicism, uh, other people's oppression, or maybe bad choices. How can we change unless we have somebody that helps us have a bigger perspective? Thoughts, Gloria? Well, I, I want to tell you uh, some of the experiences I had with people, especially the ones in recovery. Uh, they choose not to believe in a God because they see God as someone who's judging them and they failed. And so 
you know, it's just easier. And so for me, there's a big difference between my religion and my spirituality. And my spirituality is my soul. And my spirituality is by choice. And my spirituality is based a lot upon my religion. And the, any religion anybody has, I think they would use their religion as a guide. But I think that the soul has to be healed. And I think spirituality is a must for me. And I wouldn't even dream of trying to be a drug and alcohol counselor without being able to offer spirituality, without telling them, you missed the boat. Yes, set it aside. You lost it somewhere. Let's go back and pick it up and find out what part of you you can you believe and you can build on so that you can call on what's inside here. And so I call that the Holy Ghost, uh, but I also have a spirit. And I know when I'm doing wrong. Nobody has to tell me. I know that automatically. And so I count on that. I also know when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so when I base my life upon what I want to accomplish, what I want to accomplish is based upon my spirituality and not just because I had to. That's what I teach. Yeah. So to segue just a little bit off of that, um, and, and I appreciate you sharing that because my experience has been that virtually anybody of any religious orientation, whether they're Buddhists or Hindi or Christians or whatever, what happens is if they have if they have a belief in a religion, and some people don't believe in religion, but are focused on spirituality, it doesn't matter. But one of the benefits of a person that is a religious by nature is they believe in a higher power. They know that it, they're not going to be able to do it on their own. And they also realize by very specific experiences they've had, it's not just a theory, it actually can happen. So, right. so partly the issue is helping people to understand that by doing that, which a lot of people who are denigrating the family because they don't believe in any higher power, any God, they want to do it all on their own without any reference to there's anything of right and wrong. Excuse me. Well, there is. And the more we understand that if we can draw upon the wisdom of those who are part of, you know, the higher power, whether it's God, Jesus Christ, or anyone else, they have tended to identify a whole set of, I'm going to call it correct principles to live by. And it's not just right. made up by somebody, whatever it happens, they think, oh, well, we're just going to do whatever we want to do. That's a source mm -hmm. of a pride and a total independent. It's good to be independent. It's good to be self-sufficient. But if you place all your marbles in that bag, you're going to be sadly uh, have, have huge problems because you can't do it all by yourself. And, and that's one of the benefits of those who, who believe in God and can draw upon those powers through prayer and other ways to recognize, wow, there is a way that I can overcome these tremendous challenges in my life through that access and then learning what those correct principles are. Whole different feeling from people that are atheists or that say there is no such thing as God and then it's everything's up to whatever that particular individual uh, says, well, I think we believe in this and it's, it's so fickle and it's so unstable and it's so untrue because there are correct principles in life that are universal no matter what culture 
a religion or society someone lives in. And as soon as people really acknowledge that, they're far better off because then they start to apply that in their lives and they get the benefits. Yeah. As I was mentioning, those principles, those correct things have been tried and true, have been tested through time and are true. And if you go back, like we were talking about with genealogy, generationally, the things that have really withstood all the, the ups and downs of society, when you go back to the basics, the things that have lasted and helped society survive, those are the things that we really need to anchor our souls and our families and our ourselves on, for sure. Without question. Gloria, is there anything you'd like to say that we haven't covered and also your capacity with uh, waves throughout the world? Yes, I'm grateful for this opportunity and thank you for that, Margot. And I've enjoyed the conversation with you too, Trace. Um, I think for those of you who are listening to this to understand what Big Ocean Women is, um, we're global. We go all around the world. We have uh, partnerships with other nonprofits. We are helping uh, people that live in the, the jungles. We're helping people who have no access to uh, money. We um, are teaching them how to sew. We're educating women and putting kids through school. It's a really wonderful program, and it helps me to understand families all around the world. And it really can, uh, it helps you become a better person. Love to see you get involved again and just reach out to us and uh, we would love to hear from you. Thank you. And Trace, any thoughts that you would like to add um, and any suggestions again for uh, encouraging people to promote the family and make sure that their families are healthy. I want to especially make sure that I'm speaking to people that don't have access to very much of the resources that often people in certain societies like ours in the United States do. Because here's the reality. Even if you don't have access to a therapist or coach or counselor, or even if you can't attend classes, the thing to never forget is that those around us, whoever they are, whether they're educated or not, we can draw upon their examples and their friendship and those relationships. So I believe that no matter what happens, we need to encourage people to look outside of themselves and cultivate those kind of dialogues and relationships with others. Because you can tell, you can get a sense when you're around somebody almost, if they're leading you to something that feels good and is making a difference in your life or in the lives of your family members or not. I happen to have had a great opportunity in my professional career to be able to draw upon, learn a lot of things and share those with other people. But I'm certainly hopeful that people will get, and especially women, that's who we're talking about here, the central role you have in making a huge difference in society, because there's nothing that can even compare with a kind of uh, uh, benefit to society that happens when you are committed to um, your children as a, as a mother or your spouse, and you can just set the tone of having happy relationships, functional people. There's nothing quite like that, and you can feel proud and, and grateful for that opportunity you have. So that's my encouragement to women in particular. Draw upon the inner strength you have. I think women have a lot of innate qualities that a lot of us men don't have. We have to work harder on getting, but you can draw <laughs> upon those and uh, and utilize those to make the world a better place, including your own world. So continue to do that because 
certainly a lot of the people that I've drawn most upon in my life are women, starting with my mother and sisters and others that have uh, shown me how life can be so much better because of that. Thank you. Yes, when Big Ocean Women uh, has gone to the UN uh, to have their own voice speaking in behalf of families, motherhood, God, um, those things are not prevalent anymore in, at the UN. They're not. They're trying to erase them from all the, the documents that they send out saying that the family is no longer relevant. Women, children, family unit, fathers being in the family are not important anymore. That government should kind of control everything. And, and what we have found when we when people come to our workshops at Big Ocean Women, where we are saying totally the opposite, that we think, like you said, the family unit is critical. Women are there to support and love and, and help direct the family. The father is there to protect and guide and support them. The women from all different countries around the world say, yes, this is what we really believe. This is our core. They, t they literally tear up and say, we want this. And they're just they're just, uh, they flock to us. They flock to the organization. We want to encourage everybody listening and all uh, Big Ocean women, make sure that your voice is heard. Do not be voiceless. Go to Instagram, go to Facebook, talk about your family, talk about the positive effects of a family unit, how you've overcome struggles in your family because you were close together and that you believe that with the support of a deity, and your family members, you can overcome all things and society can be a better place because of the family unit. We need to fight for it. We need to speak of it. We need to be showing our hope and our pride in that concept of a unified family, however it looks. But we need to make sure that the family unit is retained. Call your senators, call your, your governmental leaders. Let them know how we feel. That is the future of the family unit and it's dependent on us to take action, not just to sit back, but to just speak our heart and our soul so that the family unit will survive and society will survive at home. Any last thoughts, my friends? I'll just say one last thing that was kind of speaking to what I said before. I'm so grateful that the big ocean women exist. The, the reality, in spite of all the negativity that tends to pervade our society, there are actually scores of organizations that uh, are positive about families and about life uh, that we can draw upon. My my own particular uh, stuff is centered in the in my website, which is called familyresourcesystems.com. People can learn about, especially with we focus there on the marriage stuff right now. But we live in a world where we have access because of of the internet to a whole plethora of really good, positive sources of support and understanding. And so I encourage people to look for the good because there's a lot of it which will help us to overcome the oh, tremendous amount of bad stuff that we get thrown at us all the time by powerful people. We don't have to be uh, succumbed to or, or be taken down by that, but it takes a real effort. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I've enjoyed this discussion. It could go on and on. There's so many um, parts of it, but at the, at the core, family is critical. Fight for it and uh, love it, embrace it, and have a wonderful experience with your family, whatever, you, however that unit looks, and make sure you let everybody know that we love it. Check out BigOceanWomen.org on Instagram, on Facebook, and join us as we try to make this world a better place. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at BigOceanWomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. 
We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.